Hello and welcome to the uh, Turtle Reads podcast. That's the name that we decided on because it's badass. This turtle is going to get astigmatism real quick <laughs> and it's going to be a logo. I think uh, sure. that bypasses all copyright infringement. Oh, right? yeah. And, yeah. And the book. And the book. And the you book. Can, you can parody anything Damn in the right. land of the free. <laughs> free to make fun of shit. Uh, okay. So, what's up, Clay? How you doing? Not much. How are you, Melissa? I'm doing well. I had a uh, steak and eggs breakfast today. Yeah. Pretty dope. Got a little bit of cheese. And so, like scrambled eggs with cheese? I did sunny side. Okay. Because lately, so I finally figured out that you're supposed to cook sunny side eggs with butter. I mean, oil works too. It's just butter oil does. sticks to the pan. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But I, I mean, you move it around enough, it, it, the egg stays unstuck. But yeah, butter is a proper way to do it. And then, uh, how, was it like leftover steak? No, it, it was, was like a full ribeye. Okay. Uh, well, honestly, we don't. I don't do this always. But it was like a treat. Like okay. from yeah, my boyfriend just wanted a that for this morning. Usually that's not the case. But we do eat uh, meat in the morning, like a lot of meat. Yeah. Because um, we started doing that carnivore diet, but we're not doing it anymore. Right. Sort of. We, but we did. Well, I liked the fact that. You can eat a bunch of, sh- of like meat in the morning with eggs and shit, right? And then uh, you don't have to eat lunch. I like that. I'm yeah. very lazy. <laughs> you know? I'm, yeah, for I sure. am so lazy. Like, I don't like having three meals a day. It's annoying. I don't like having to. Yeah. So the f- it keeps you full and then it holds you over to like about whatever, seven or so. And uh, then it gets a little gross because then we have liver. So, you know, you got to balance it out with nutrition. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite thing. One of my favorite things, like leftover steak, and then you make some eggs. Oh, yeah. But uh, also, you should try crawfish and eggs. Crawfish and eggs. So good. I have been experimenting with that a little bit. (laughs) I don't know what to make with it. So that's okay. Yeah. Okay. One morning, just cook up some. uh, We used to do it with uh, crawfish etouffee, leftover crawfish etouffee sauce. Uh And you just throw that in the pan, heat it up a little bit, and then mix in some some scrambled eggs or or Mm. sunny side up. So good. Wait a minute. Are you? Because you look a little tan. Are you Cajun? <laughs> For sure. Is, is that like a bad? A, it's not a slur, right? Like no. they call, saying Cajun. No. I don't know no. what the rules are. No, it's, Cajun. Cajun is fine. Yes. Because I mean it completely respectfully. My understanding mm-hmm. of it is like you know francophone, like a French culture We're, cuisine. I'm Canadian, American. technically. So you're Canadian. Are you French Canadian? It, it, yes. Nova Scotian. Sailed around America yeah. and then went to Louisiana, and that's made Cajun people. And you, you like really like crawfish, your family, and they were like, "We're staying here." We have, I have four uncles with crawfish farms. Oh, farms! Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Oh, so you had like crawfish and eggs like every day. Yeah, <laughs> and that was common. Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's awesome. So, okay, wow. What's that? What is that like? All I know about uh, Cajun culture is. Uh, a lot of fucked up shit from H.P. Lovecraft novels and <laughs> um, and just like the general, you know, like food network kind of stuff. Um, it's some of the, the best cuisine. cuisine in the world to me, like best food. Mm-hmm. A link of boudin beats almost anything in this town. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> There's like 
there's like five good places here. Yeah, it's, and then and like three of them are food trucks. And three of them are food trucks. <laughs> like there was a guy yesterday. He was like, "Oh man, um, the food here is amazing," and I just kind of try to keep a straight face. But see, that's the thing. You and I both come from places where there's good like food, real good food. It, you know, our own whatever, but it's good. Yeah. And so when people say the food here is amazing, I'm not saying because it's not trash. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just it's not bad. There's such a large selection of moderate grade food, like mid level food. Yeah, it's all <laughs> moderate. That's exactly how you describe that food. And it's like it's I, moderate is good here. Moderate is like oh wow, these guys really went above and beyond to make this moderate ass food. Yeah. It, other cases, it's just completely underwhelming. Like they don't even try. Yeah. You know. And so it's it's like it might as well be like. And then their main staple is like barbecue, like Terry Black's. The barbecue. Like, like they're like, okay, that's great. But it's like, yeah, there but that's like there's like three main barbecue places and everything else. They're trying everything and it all is like mid mid level. Yeah. The barbecue is at least consistent. Yeah. So you won't get trash barbecue. Very unlikely to. But everything else like there is no ethnic cuisine dude i went you know, dude i was like there's no ethnic cuisine here i try um i saw this uh banner uh next to where by where i live about a greek festival okay. and they're like oh we're gonna have gyros you know you can call them gyros everywhere else but i call them gyros right but it's like we have gyros right and i was like oh gyros whoa this is getting fucking fancy in austin right let me go check it out and it just turned out to be a huge bait and switch to get people to go to the greek orthodox catholic church that was uh. in that area and that's and I fell for it. Yeah, that's the thing that that happens in in the rest of in New York, not so much, but in the rest of America, right? Everything's like a trick. Yeah, to get you to go to church. Yeah, we'll feed you, but you got to listen to our sermon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like what the fuck? And, it's, and it was like subpar Greek food. I was so pissed off. I mean, I would I would uh, make kind of make me feel like a shit like this is a shitty move, but I would do it. I would go eat and then heckle the sermon. <laughs> well, actually, that's kind of what we did. That's, that's exactly. What, I mean, we don't give a fuck. You know, we go anywhere, and it's just like it's all fun. You know, who cares? Right? It's not like there. There's no gun to your head. Go to the sermon, right? right? It's just like oh, here. Here are some gyros, euros, whatever. And uh, <laughs> it's like I don't even care. Like that's how the actual culture pronounces it. I don't care. But uh, yeah, we eat the, and then we just kind of wandered around and like poked fun of all the art. And, you know, and just like talk shit. And you just Why hear us whispering. Touch a small penis. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> we're just like snickering in the back, you know. But whatever, dude. Yeah, the food here, the uh, barbecue, eh, it tends to be pretty good. Uh, never, I never really dove into southern cuisine and Cajun cuisine. Like I try. When I drove here from New York, uh, I stopped off to get like a catfish sandwich and stuff like that, but I don't know anything. I only know like the hits, you know? If you're getting it out of Louisiana, like even around Austin, even though it's like only five hours from where I live, it, there's only one place that even has decent Cajun food around here. Next time I cook crawfish etouffee, I'm going to get you, actually, no, next time I cook crawfish etouffee, it's going to be infused, so that, unless you like getting really high. Um, uh, no, I can't. Okay. I cannot. Not, not on marijuana. Then I could, if the you, time if you, if after that. If you lace that. it with acid, <laughs> I'll, I'll be all right. I'll, I swear, I'll be all right. <laughs> acid, you could do LSD, you could do psychotropic, uh, you know, uh, mushrooms or whatever. All right. Uh, cannot do marijuana. 
Good to know. Are you high a lot? Do you smoke? <laughs> oh a lot yeah. Um, I, I worked as security at a dispensary in Seattle for a year. Oh my God. Do you rem- remember any of it? <laughs> Most of it. Yeah. Flashes. <laughs> <laughs> flashes. It was very bright. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to get you some, uh, my crawfish etouffee. Gotta say, hmm. Sean Patton touted it as the best crawfish etouffee he's ever had. Really? Yes. Okay. Sweet. I'm going to make you some coquito. How about that? What is that? Coquito is, you got to know a Puerto Rican for that. And that's it. And so you know one now. And mm-hmm. so I'm, pro- I'm going to make it this week, probably tomorrow, actually. But it's basically, very simply, Puerto Rican eggnog. That's it. Okay. But it's very spiked. All right. Like a lot. I, I, I have a very high tolerance for basically everything. Perfect. Like, they give me, well, some bartenders here... I'm not going to say who do triple shots, like triple. Did you just make eye contact with them through the phone right now? <laughs> not going to say who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, they give me triples whenever I order drinks, like my regulars of whiskey coke, and they just do a triple and then like a splash of coke. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. And then I do like three or four of those a night and then a few Michelob Ultras and then pretty sweet yeah i have a high tolerance for everything i've never i've done tried dmt twice never blast off and the guy who You're tried to take three big puffs of dmt he i did 10 big puffs oh, is that are you compensating with this book <laughs> i'm trying to get somewhere Ooh, fantasy <laughs> just reading fantasy as a panacea for dmt trips <laughs> i guess we're getting to know you a lot clay <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm totally down for coquita. Like, yeah. what what what's it spiked with rum? Uh, yeah, it's just rum. Okay. Yeah. Usually, yeah, but generally, you know, it's gonna be rum, yeah. the Caribbean or whatever. But um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's like coconutty, very creamy. It's All right. good. Fuck yeah. I think it, it actually is better than eggnog a little bit. All right. If if your if your beef with eggnog is ever that maybe maybe a little less eggy or something like that. I love eggs. Do. I'm, yeah. I'm, I love eggs too. I'd love eggnog. Honestly, it's, that's one of my favorite like parts of the Christmas thing. And since we started doing it back home, I, I like, I go hard on the eggnog. Well, that's because you're French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are magicians with uh, egg based anything, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Do you, do you have any distant family in France that you know of or in Canada? in um, Quebec or anything like that? No, I mean, for sure we have family, like both sides of my family are Cajun. um, And for sure we have some, but like we never, we never dug that far back. Our, our like immediate lineage is so weird that we just don't even worry about it. We, uh, I can't date anyone in in the area called Indian Bayou because they very well could be related to me. Yeah, yeah. I totally get, look, I can't, <laughs> and I speak for all of us, I can't reliably and with confidence date anyone who's Puerto Rican <laughs> or or even Dominican a little bit. You know what I mean? We always do this little dance, like it, when I, you know, whenever you date someone who is also Puerto Rican, if you're Puerto Rican, you have to be like, so what's your last name? You do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, who's your cousin? You got any cousins? Yeah. You know, we we changed. Offhand. We went from being the Borks to my great-great-grandfather changed our names to the Foremans mm. because Borks and the bros started uh, mixing it together. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were like, hey, we're not looking to do that. <laughs> and so, yeah, if I if I were to date like a Bork or, or, or a bro. If, be, if be you were a- to boink a Bork? <laughs> can't yes. boink any borks can't huh? boink any borks no that's not an option hmm. um, <laughs> yeah it's, it 
it gets weird in, in sure it does. South Louisiana. I'm sure it does. <laughs> it's the same thing with Puerto Rico. I mean, it's, it's very similar. It, it's uh, not so much anymore, right? Because it's like the people have traveled. A lot of Puerto Ricans live abroad, right? But yeah, back in the day, you'd have to like you have, you'd have to manage it a little bit. Yeah. You, you can't mess around with that shit, you know. You have to be like, well, you guys just have to move to the other side of the island. Sorry. Yeah, they have. We have a family story way back where my great 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 grand aunt was born into a family of twelve kids. Family couldn't take care of them, so they disseminated amongst the village. And then she fell in love whenever she got older. Found out whenever they went to get married that they were brother and sister. So she broke it off, but he was still in love with her. So whenever she fell in love again, he tried to poison that dude. Oh, my God. This is like straight out of 100 Years of Solitude. It's wild. Have you ever read that novel? No. You got to read that novel. <laughs> that, that novel is basically for both of us. It, it, it's all about like incest, oh, you know? Oh, man. Just zeroing in on that final kid that's born with the pigtail, you know? <laughs> Do you guys have that myth also? Like if, if you're too inbred, you get a pigtail? No. Like the final I'm, inbred kid? Oh, wow. Too, but that's like, that's bull, I hope that's bullshit. But, uh, I yeah. mean, hey, I people know. have tails. People <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've seen them. <laughs> In the bayou, I've seen them. <laughs> so I'm assuming then that when you go home, there's a lot of people that kind of look like you. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, um, it's... It's like that for me in Puerto Rico. Yeah, there, there's like this face, this chick face. Yeah, exists. It's it, yeah, it's very uh, big, stout. Um, the Borks side and most of Indian Bayou that area, it's like stout people. My yeah. dad broke off. He's like five eleven, like me. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of like uh, you know, big bushy beard, brown big, bushy beard face people. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, French come from the, the like goth Vikings, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Of course. Of course you do. <laughs> Fucking Vikings in Louisiana. Everybody. Very nice. What was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say one more thing about that, but I forgot. Oh, do you speak any... What Do, do you call it Patois? Uh, no, it's Cajun French. It's... Okay. Uh, I took four years of French, and I I know I know how to ask to go to the bathroom. Qu'est-ce que tu peux aller aux toilettes? <laughs> and I know basic shit like laissez les bon temps rouler, you know, let the good times <laughs> roll. Um, merci beaucoup. Little sayings like comme si comme ça, which means so so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But besides that, I I I I've never been one to. For some reason, it's never been a thing for me to try to learn a new a different language. Like, I've never cared to. Why not? I don't know. I just, I really, I'm fine with English. <laughs> well, it's the, well, that's probably practicality because the, the fact of the matter is, is that that is the language. Yeah. Like English is the, the mercantile language that everyone speaks for commerce and cultural exchange. Yeah. So if you know it, you're kind of, you're okay. Yeah. It's, it's fine. But like, but whenever I, I started high school, like, just, I think it, we're probably the only place in America, South Louisiana, where... French was the only foreign language you could learn in my high school whenever I started. The really? Spanish wasn't an option. Was that like some covert nationalism? I have no idea, but it, French was the only option. Okay. And our French teacher was a drunk. Uh, oh, she, she, okay, it, it, it was The most stereotypical French lady, she had a, a <laughs> coffee mug with yeah. like a, a coffee warmer always in it. Mm-hmm. And then she went to the library one day during mm-hmm. class and a kid just walked up and like he's like, what's it? It's clear in here. And then he dipped his finger in it, 
like that. He's like, this is straight vodka. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, our, our French teacher was getting hammered. Are you sure that was even a real <laughs> state law? Or was she just showing up with fucking vodka sloshing out of her coffee mug going, <laughs> what are you And you're like, can we learn uh, Spanish? Spanish! Fuck Spanish! <laughs> French motherfucker, <laughs> and she's just like, oh, and she just, uh, I don't know, falls asleep or something. Did you ever sleep in class? Oh man, actually, I think she did. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I think she did pass out once. All right, <laughs> cool. Man, you're bringing back memories. <laughs> yeah, because we we did a uh, we had to make some videos where we uh, said something that happened in French and then enacted in the video. Which I got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Hit by a car. I, I I got one of my friends to drive my car into me. For the video. <laughs> For the video. I, the- I I did a stunt roll off the front. It was cool. I enjoyed it. But I think she passed out during playing those videos. <laughs> that is hilarious. There's nothing to even say about that because that kind of just stands on its own. It's just a very hilarious I, scene. It just you you did a stunt. Unsupervised. Oh yeah. Or let's say supervised. Supervised by me and my friends. By a complete brain dead, <laughs> vodka saturated yeah. teacher who hates any language that isn't French and and like forces you to learn only that, right? And meanwhile, you guys are just hitting each other with cars. <laughs> She's like, oh. and, and we, you're just like, okay, yeah, great. Wow. I thought I had it bad with just crackheads, but I guess <laughs> I guess it could get worse. <laughs> Maybe it was good that the teachers didn't give a fuck where I grew up. It's, seems like it's worse when they do. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Did you get an A? <laughs> yeah, um, maybe a B because I, I said something wrong. <laughs> you said something in English? Oh, you said something wrong in, in French? Yeah, I think so. So you didn't get an A cause, and you just literally hit yourself with a car. <laughs> yeah. And then because you said one word wrong in French, you got a B. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that's enough grounds for an investigation if anyone wants to open one in that school district. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> I guess. All right. I feel like we're going to be learning a lot about each other and a lot about you. <laughs> I'm <laughs> we down. We should do that in every intro to yeah. this episode. Try to figure out something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just get some random <laughs> questions for each other and shit. Uh, anyway, so look, I read uh, Soul Music. I blasted through Soul Music yesterday. Nice. And um, it was good. Uh, this is this like this look it says it here. This is the sixteenth book in the Discworld series. Yeah. Right? This was published in nineteen ninety four. So why'd you have have me read the sixteenth book in the series? Um it it's the beginning of one of the main protagonist subseries, Susan Stohillet. I see. And it is my favorite because of just like it's the creation of rock music in a fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it's such an in- interesting take in a fantasy world because it's it's based in music and like uh also it kind of shows a good bit of the satire that that terry pratchett uses with like whenever they're like making the band name and they're like what should we call ourselves the whom oh yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or the metal dirigible and shit this is what i'm talking about <laughs> this is like that satirical shit this is satire. Here's satire has this this 
just solidly you had to be there aesthetic but the the you had to be there is always in your head yeah so you can never reading satire is a lonely a lonely activity <laughs> i gotta tell you that because you what do you you, you you're recounting something that happened in your mind and then mm-hmm. somebody's just kind of blinking at you and they're like well you know you just had to be in my head at the time yeah whenever whenever i'm explaining all this shit, i have to go and explain like five steps before the actual joke and yeah. then like all along and then they're like they finally get it at the end but then they're like yeah this was a long way to go for a joke explaining a joke always <laughs> it just kind of does that well that's the thing about uh, uh that's the thing about reading right is that's why i stopped trying to give a fuck if anyone around me likes to read gives a fuck about reading and I'm not trying to get any new converts here. Yeah. I, I honestly don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, the illiteracy rate in this country is going up. And I'm like, fine. Okay. That's more <laughs> room in the library for me. Right. We'll always have seats yeah. in the cafes with the couches. I, I'm tired because I remember growing up, everybody was always on these, um, like, let's get everyone to read kicks. Right. These like campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. I don't but give George a shit. Bush's wife or whatever the fuck. Yeah. And- yeah, it's, they they made a movie about it. Yeah, they made a movie about Discworld. Go watch it <laughs> and have a good day. Go watch Hogfather. Yeah, go watch Hogfather for Christmas. <laughs> Best Ma- Christmas movie ever. It's a great Christmas movie. And then just like <laughs> fuck off. Like if you don't want to read, don't read. I don't. I don't. I don't understand even the urge to try. I I do understand it actually because reading is lonely. So yeah. you get lonely as a reader, and then you think that having friends is like. It's like converting people to yeah. your lifestyle. Getting other people to read, but yeah. it's like then, then, then what do you do? You're not reading together. You're, You're not, not even gonna read together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is so just insane. To you know what I mean? Like, oh, I want more friends for reading, right? And then you, you let's say you get one. They're like, yeah, reading's great. Now you just go sit in each each other's separate corners. You don't even and, make eye contact. And maybe talk about it afterwards. Maybe you don't even talk about it afterwards, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you don't. When you want to, when you read a book and you like the book and the other person likes the book, what's your interaction with that person? You don't talk about it, right? No. You kind, you just go, oh yeah, that part, yeah. dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you leave. You leave. So what the? Who cares? Yeah. I hope everyone forgets how to read. How about that? I hope everyone <laughs> becomes illiterate. I don't give a shit. We're gonna, I really don't care. We're gonna start a charity to start making people illiterate, encouraging gonna, it. Yeah. 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 Do you want? Uh, we will give you Netflix subscriptions <laughs> and just all kinds of. Just w- look at Chiver. The, watch the. Chi- just look at Chiver's feed all day, all night, and just like, you know, self medicate with oxycodone and white wine at night, right? And then and fall asleep to the Christmas story. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, why are we trying to save people? Yeah. Why are we trying to save people's minds? Uh, yeah, it's uh, and. Yeah, because they're they're holding their own minds over the fucking precipice. It's yeah. just like fucking chuck it in, bitch. They're, they're spending more time on TikTok and all this other shit than anything else. And it's like, yeah, they don't. They're not. It's it's gonna. It's a fading thing, unfortunately. What is because like reading and shit. Don't give a shit. I swear. The only thing I care about is the the support that the authors is are getting. That's all that matters. 
right? But that's the only thing is that we're trying to get like droogs for to like support these people, yeah. you know? Don't even worry about that, dude. <laughs> Don't even worry about that. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because the few people that do read, right, understand the importance of that kind of support enough. Like enough of us are around yeah. to give money to authors we like. Yeah. There's enough of us. You know what I mean? Like okay. an author uh, technically only needs like about, I don't know, like a, like a like a thousand people contributing to their Patreon, right? And and most good authors get well above a thousand. Yeah. Right. So it's like it's not a it's it's truly not a big deal. I'm not one. I do not uh, yet support anyone on Patreon. I feel I bad about anyone. it because I uh, I steal books actually. If I, I'm being really honest. Same. <laughs> Do you uh, really? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say it because I thought you'd judge me, but no, I, no, I totally I, steal. Unfortunately, I mean, no, I, and literature. I, I, back uh, a while back, like, I used to own most of Discworld series, like, actual the books. So you did your time. I, I, I yes, but now, like, if I do want to go start to find something, I go and I, like, illegally download or whatever the fuck. I totally and do I that. I feel Listen, so bad. Do you, but do you feel good confessing it right now and knowing that you're in a... Kind of, unless I, I get some kind of fine for it. You, you might. Because <laughs> you're doing this publicly, but... <laughs> not a new book. Don't do it to new books. Yeah, of course but not. But Terry Pratchett, it passed away, right? <laughs> yeah. Said, don't worry about Terry Pratchett, it's okay. <laughs> Steal his books. <laughs> right? Who cares? Don't worry about that guy. Steal the living ones. You know, go support those guys. Yeah. There's so many good dead authors. Steal all their fucking books. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck. Go sh- steal all of Shakespeare. Steal. You don't know why? I'll tell. I'll even tell you why, right? Because a lot of those literary foundations of the author, right? What are they doing? They're putting money. They're funneling into campaigns to help people read more. Fuck those campaigns. <laughs> you read more. Okay, now, so now you deserve you those there, books. Yeah. 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 Now that you put it like that, yeah. So we, I don't we, respect okay. their causes. Steal everything. Steal the dead author's books. <laughs> support the living. That's what. That's all that should matter. <laughs> Fuck the dead. Support the living. The dead are dead. The dead are dead. And the reason why they wrote those books is so that they could live on through your experience reading it. And so if you're reading it, you're doing what they wanted. Ergo, ipso facto. That's made up Latin. You <laughs> don't have to pay for that shit. Okay. Yeah. That's it. That's that's my stand. I don't care anymore. Like I I don't I don't care about saving people. Like go on TikTok, drown. Yeah. I hope you fall into a K hole of boobs, and, <laughs> and like you can't get out of it. It's like it, you drown just, in it. You're smothered. Just nothing but dancing kids yeah. your whole life. Yeah. You, you <laughs> fall into a hole of titties, and then it turns and it blossoms into a vagina. You fall into that, you know, and it's just like you and you're just screaming as you fall through this void of cock and pussy and asshole and tits you know what i mean <laughs> i hope that happens because if that's what you want you know and the whole time you're just fucking living it up right you got adderall for the ups and the fucking oxycodone for the downs do live your best fucking life be a moron don't read i'll do that for you thanks and so will clay so Woo. that's my that's my stance that's it i'm going renegade <laughs> I'm not gonna be one of these stupid, like, lame ass readers who's like, we gotta get everybody to read. It's to save the fuck them. <laughs> okay, like, if you don't want to be more than a drone, then like, don't be. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, for uh, for sure. It's it, it, and. You, but you, like, we don't need people who who have brains anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. We everything works automated now. We have AI coming. We have automated factories. Like, you don't need to be alive anymore. In here, <laughs> you don't need to. You can be a sim, right? Yeah. And and the world will and not only and you know what the proof is is that it already is happening, and the world is running. 
So. Yeah. It's. Yeah. The turtle. <laughs> turtle. Reads. The turtle keeps going, man. <laughs> it moves. The turtle moves. <laughs> Whether you're an idiot or not. Okay, I'm sorry I had that rant. All good. No, that was great. Okay. <laughs> Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm sick and tired of it. But I thought about it a lot because, like, I've thought about it my whole life. I, I came from that whole train of thought. You know, like, when you're in, a, in, like, reader culture, how far deep did you get? Did you go to libraries and shit like that? Yeah. Well, we all start there, I think. Go to libraries, bookstores, um, just sit down and, like, start reading something that you're trying to get into and then be like, oh, well, I'm going to go and read the thing that yeah. I'm Then you get sucked with. into it. It's closing time. Yeah. And like, you got to go. It's like, my mother doesn't love me. I just can't <laughs> see here. <laughs> my mother hasn't noticed that I've been gone for five days. <laughs> I really got to finish this Harry Potter series. <laughs> yeah. yeah was, uh, I, I think the Lafayette Library... It, I also stole from Lafayette Library, not books, Ooh. still DVDs, but uh, I stole from my school library. Oh, nice! None of those kids read, dude. I, nobody there read. There was, there were. I told you, there were two girls that read. They were my best friends, Jennifer and Jennifer. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and other than that, that bookshelf was dusty as fuck. I was the only one that went to the back of the room in my classroom. The, so those books are mine. We mine, like I said before, it was kind of like white and nerdy type thing, but. I was one of the only people, besides Harry Potter, Harry Potter would get checked out, but f fantasy-wise, the rest was untouched. It was mostly, they would go and read nonfiction, Civil War shit, shit like that. So, like, yeah, I that was later, generally right? had, it was in high school, Yeah. Um, I generally had the, the choice of fantasy that I wanted to read, so I would, like, go and get some weird shit and see how that went and that's really how i found out like got into terry pratchett was around that time i, I read uh the we free men and uh that was like oh cool tiny scottish people helping a witch out and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's something awesome about having like a, your pick of a, a set of books all the time yeah. you know, it's like a private candy shop you know yeah I, I don't know and you know in some way i wonder if getting into reading you have to have a little bit of initial like selfishness the idea that like it's just you yeah i'm gonna spend, yeah i'm gonna spend all this time by myself with yeah. this thing it's like and i'm gonna enjoy this don't even know that ch t the entire disc world series is back here right yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah that's always fun to go and like just <laughs> break off from society and be like nope yep y'all suck i'm going into this world yeah that it like, <laughs> sucks you in it's the best. Yeah. Sucks you in, sucks you off, <laughs> spits you out its asshole. On the other side, it's fucking great. Books are sexy. Actually, no, they're not. They're terrible. Don't read. <laughs> I don't want anybody to get into reading. Screw that. Hell yeah, dude. Did you ever play a game where you try to get friends of yours who weren't into books to read by giving them like something that you thought they might like? Not really. Uh, I have... I had friends borrow my Discworld novels and um, a few comic books, but uh, and they'd never return them. A lot of my Discworld novels are gone forever. Don't lend books. Um, don't nope. ever, never lend books. Nope. People do, are shitty assholes with books. Yeah, because book book readers destroy them and return them and be like, so, yeah, this something happened, or they just never return them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's something inherently selfish about readers. Yeah. You know, like, because I think it's just in your stupid head, you know, you're all like kind of immersed in this thing. You don't notice that you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like you didn't return a book, you know? Yeah, just no, oh about my it. God. I, I'm sure I have like 
four or five books I still never return to the library. Yeah. Damn, don't yeah. worry about that. Damn. We won't have <laughs> libraries soon because nobody reads. Yeah. Libraries at this point are really, they're just like low-key uh, homeless shelters for yes. the most part. And, then, and that's, that's why everybody even depend, defends libraries. I don't even, like, most of the time people are like, oh, we, we, children come to read. No. 60-year-old men down on their luck need a place to nap in the daytime. We all recognize that. And so people are just like, just leave the libraries open. Yeah, yeah. If, if somebody's going to go try to read, they're going to go to like Starbucks and make sure people see them trying to read. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that. Exactly. <laughs> like that. That, that, is the, that is the real reason I think people don't like Kindles and, and electronic reading yeah. devices because you can't show. Yeah. You, they, you can't you could be, be texting. You could be texting for all they know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you could just be an idiot on a big phone, right? So, but they want, but you want, you want people to think that you're smart. So you want to open up your, your cover and have like something impressive there. Yeah. If the Kindle changed its uh, device so that if you got a cover, the the book cover would actually that would be fire. Everybody would get Kindles because yeah. then they could just be like, oh, the Prince Machiavelli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than you, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Tolstoy. 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 What about him? Yeah. No. Yeah. That's. I. I was hanging out with somebody and they literally brought along a Tolstoy book oh god just just to kind of do that because yeah. like I was like hey I'm gonna go and get some groceries and they're like all right I'll wait in this little cafe and he opened it I know he didn't read any of that book how did you know because I, I, I know I know he like he just got it recently he yeah. hadn't read any of it yet but he opened it to like the middle of the book chilling in the cafe and I'm like, like you he never turned a page. No, dude. His eyes are glazed. <laughs> he's like accessing his spank bank. Yeah, he's imagining kinda... the titties that are yeah, gonna yeah. come to him. <laughs> he's like he's like reliving TikTok, the last hours of TikTok before he opened this book. And I was just like, Yeah, those are nice titties. I should go back to those titties. Did I follow those titties? It's just like Tolstoy. It's a war and peace. Ah, fuck this, you know, whatever. Have you ever tried to read anything like that, Tolstoy? Um, a little bit. I tried to read Art of War. Um, uh, that was, uh, some of them are just slogs. They're huge slogs. It's, I, I do it on purpose. So like a, like a weight right. exercise. And it's, I, I just, I'm, I'm more myself. of a fantasy and adventure type guy. Yeah. Um, I like the <laughs> hero's journey. Yeah. I, and, and, and I do read like you know, the, like we were talking about before, or last episode, Surprise Kill Vanished, about the CIA and stuff. Yeah. But that's like interesting real life stories. What about Dune? Dune's kind of a drier sci-fi novel, I but it's I downloaded kind of Dune. I downloaded Dune and I, I, I intend to get to it. Um, but that also is like a lot. Only, I'll tell you this. Once you get past that initial, it does have a slog in the beginning because they're just giving you all this backstory about yeah. the planet. But once you get past that, it picks up. Then okay. it's like, then it's good. Okay. Um, Dune is an interesting one, though. Dune is the one book where I'll say, don't do it with the Kindle. Like, get the books and have the cover out because it will attract all of the Dune heads. And those people are fucking freaks. They're hilarious. They're, they're so into this book that if they see you with this book, they can't help it. They'll, they'll right. like, talk to you. Because right. they, they, they just get sweaty and excited, you know? <laughs> they're just like... Oh, you started Start talking about spice. Which book are you up to? <laughs> yeah, it's so good, right? <laughs> I got I got that conversation like throughout the whole thing, and I was like, uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> and they're just like, that book is amazing. It changed my life. <laughs> one one guy told me that he reads Dune every year. He rereads it 
at least the first book. That's wild. Like as a as a like to just go back and refresh himself his memory. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just has a shitty memory. He probably does. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But uh, that's wild. I've I've never thought about go having a a year a year regularly yearly book. Yeah. It'd probably be American Gods. That Could be a good one. For me. I tend to wait. Like I'll read a book if I really like it. Then I'll try to wait as long as it takes for me to forget as much about it as I can. Mm-hmm. It's until I read it for this like again. Yeah. So that I can almost have the experience again. But it's never quite this. It's like heroin, you know. You're just kind of like chasing Chase the that dragon. Right, yeah. yeah. Never do? as good as the first time. Yeah. <laughs> Le <sigh. laughs> That's French. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy, dude. So soul music. Uh, yeah, that was a cool one. They had a lot of puns about uh, rock and roll in a fantasy world. And then I guess the message was, it was almost like the first, like the Big Bang was caused Bye. by a musical note yeah. from a rock a, a guitar riff or something yeah, yeah like a guitar riff that just blasted through the universe riff. yeah very dope it's fire yeah <laughs> that's pretty good because that that is what that feels like that is what rock as a phenomenon feels like yeah whenever whenever you're at a rock concert and they like the lights are down and then all of a sudden the they lights shoot up as soon yeah. as they hit the guitar it's like <laughs> One giant big bang, yeah. everybody's yelling and stuff. Yeah. It's it, it, it feels like the universe yeah. sprang into being. So that's actually that's a really inventive way to color that story. Yeah. That's really nice. That it, was a good touch. And then yeah, just also like going through like I was saying before, I feel like soul music could be made into that biopic, that that fantasy You wanna make a biopic out of I, it. I want to so bad. <laughs> because it, why like, don't you film a sketch based on that? Yeah. Would be f- ah. Do you want to? Kinda. Uh, <laughs> do you know how? Uh, not really. I mean, I haven't done any sketches or anything yet. Let's uh, do one. I'll, all right. Okay. You got a big, you got beardy thing going on. You'd be a dwarf, I guess. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to kind of be. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have like to uh, Gary Oldman in tiptoes with this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's because like yeah, with the with the how the music has its own soul and it takes them over. It's like drug addiction. They mm-hmm. have a horrible manager, who I would get Paul Giamatti to play, of course. And <laughs> okay, of course. <laughs> he's he's every horrible manager in any musical biopic ever. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Yeah. Let's, uh, how are we gonna bribe him to get here? I don't know. We I don't have any good food, so we can't. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll make it. Okay, you gotta make your uh, okay. Crawfishate Tefe. Yes. Um, and then yeah, like uh, MP, the main character MP, like all the little tiny jokes, the whom, ha- Buddy Holly, Buddy how, basically, Holly. like they changed so the main good. character's name to sound like Buddy Holly, like yeah. a play on that, right? So good. Yeah, and, and then he uh, he almost dies like how Buddy Holly dies mm-hmm. yes. in the crash. Yeah. So it just like it, it would be the perfect satire fantasy biopic, mm-hmm. just wild. Yeah, I mean technically it's like rock music if it had happened during feudal yeah. medieval Europe yeah. in a way. But then there's also like dragons and shit. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like. They they tried to re- they recorded the music with like a string in a box and stuff and it's like creating recordings mm-hmm. and then is that should we be doing that is it like taking away from the live music oh wow it goes through a bunch that's of shit. true yeah it's like deeper questions about like copyright infringements and, <laughs> and shit like that. yeah <laughs> and then merch the the manager at one point is just like we're gonna make a stupid amount of money on merch and it's like well does that really matter should, shouldn't this all be free and yeah it it, it goes into such weird places. Mm. 
about well, something so simple. Let's music. let's let's like because uh, I got the Wikipedia page open, right? right. So just for the the uh, benefit of whoever's listening, um, I'm going to I'm going to just like say pieces of this mm-hmm. just so that they kind of know where we're even talking about. Right. Right. So and then we could just kind of get through it. Um, it's not that long. So, uh, yeah. So soul music fantasy novel by British writer Terry Pratchett. The 16th book in the Discworld series, first published 1994. Like many of his novels, it introduces an element of modern society into the magical and vaguely late medieval, early modern world of Discworld. In this case, rock and roll music and stardom with near disastrous consequences. It also introduces Susan Stohelet, daughter of Mort and Isabel, and granddaughter of death, which is very rock and roll, I guess. I guess that's kind of... Uh, that's probably why he even introduces her in this one, because death, you know, yeah. granddaughter of death, that's super yeah. like rock, you know, and and, and yeah, it's very it, metal. It, it's a good, like she has, I think, three or four books throughout the series mm-hmm. with her as the main protagonist, and uh, or one of the main protagonists, and she, uh, it's a good starting off point, like for her, um, to be introduced to the whole thing. I, I honestly, I listened to the audiobook and it cuts out so much shit from the actual book. Oh, really? Yeah, that's the thing. Um, because Gene doesn't like to read. <laughs> he likes, he consumes books like audio, like mm-hmm. with his audiobooks is what he listens to, right? So he's better with that. And he hates listening to any kind of books that have uh, dialogue, like a story, yeah. basically, where it's not just some guy narrating his ideas out. But where it's like, she said this, and then he said this, and because those books kind of they never they haven't really figured out how to yeah they cut out them so much shit yeah and so I had to go back and like I got it on Kindle and I went read it on Kindle I'm like uh, in the audiobook whenever she goes to first goes to Death's Mansion they didn't describe half the, they didn't describe any of the toiletries any of the tub the tub yeah and all that shit and yeah I don't know why they they do that I don't know I, I think they believe that people won't be able to to stay on track like they they won't be able to continue to focus on a description of something yeah maybe but I don't think that's true at all I mean uh, th- why wouldn't you 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 can't close your eyes and just imagine right. what they're talking about yeah also uh, I gotta say the guy who did the audiobook for soul music kind of sucks um, <laughs> they always suck he Grim Reaper is clearly described as having a voice like James Earl Jones and he sounded like this yeah yeah that's what Gene said he, so he was bad. like they always pick the worst fucking voices they suck and it's and you know what I think it's the illiteracy I don't think these people even actually really know how to read he didn't you know read what I mean at all he didn't, yeah. he, didn't, he, didn't he, j- he just knows how to like sound out like phonetically and that's probably why he left some shit out because he couldn't sound out some of those words so they just had to cut that part out and it's because everyone's getting stupider you know what I mean so that's what's happening and then you know the readers are just kind of folding in on themselves and just shutting themselves up in their own little worlds because we don't want to see what's happening to society. You know what I mean? So we're just kind of like lonely islands in this sea of ignorance and illiteracy. Uh, frankly, it's um, it's uh, disheartening, you know. And they really gotta like step up the game on the fucking audiobooks, for God's sakes. Like you can't even get that shit right, you know? Right. Come on, dude. You can't get that right. Like he, what? What was the voice? It sounded like this. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. Who's it's... that? Your fucking molesting uncle? <laughs> Who the fuck is that? 
It's definitely hey, not death. That's a nice dress you got yeah. on, Susie, for the <laughs> Christmas holidays. I'm so glad your parents brought you to visit me. You want to sit on my lap? <laughs> that's not death. That's not death. Okay? That's the uncle that your parents don't visit in Christmas. Okay? It's like, come on, dude. Get it together. What was he supposed to sound like? More, more? Like James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones? <laughs> that, let me tell you, the only time James Earl Jones ever sounded like that was maybe like right before he was going to come or something. <laughs> That's it. Okay? He's like, Bell Atlantic. Okay, I'm going to come. That's it. <laughs> That's fucking it. I'm telling you that right now. Jesus Christ, dude. I, they they got to fix the audiobooks. I, I almost feel like starting a company of audiobook reading just so I can cast the readers. And like, do it right. Yeah. Right. God, look, you thinking about making money? Let's think about that. Maybe <laughs> that might actually work. Anyway, so yeah, this was a great introduction for Susan Stohelet, the granddaughter of death. She looks really badass, right? From the top, she has like shocking white hair, right? Yeah. That just fucking comes out like electricity, and then she has like a black streak, right? Like a fucking raven got stuck in there. <laughs> And, uh, and she has, like, you know, black lace, bodice, corset, right, and all that kind of stuff, right, Very, you know. And uh, she, what, what color are her eyes? They're, like, some oh. crazy light color or something like that. Yeah, fuck, I forget. Damn it. Mm. Oh, and she has the power of making herself invisible. Not invisible. Just or, not or, like, noticeable. unseen, not noticeable. Like, like yeah, she, she could be in the room and just make it to where no one notices that she's there. Yeah, and I personally related to that so hard. <laughs> So many Can you do that? I wish so much. I, I am like that. Like, I, I don't do it on purpose, but uh, I have a quality about me where, and I've seen, like, ever since I was a kid, okay? I'll tell you where, where it started. The first time I noticed it was one time my mom took me to friends for Christmas. They did not know we were coming. It was kind of last minute, right? And so they didn't have any present for me, right? So um, when the time came for all the kids to unwrap the presents, Right. I just kind of like was like, OK, you know, like I didn't mind. I sat in the corner. Right. And I was just like playing with my dolls. Right. And let me tell you something. Little by little, I started to notice that they kept throwing the wrappers on me and they because they didn't see me there. And so <laughs> and so like at the end of the night, I was literally buried because I after I was like, this is crazy. You don't see me. So I was like, let me just sit here and see how long this goes on for. I was up to here in Christmas wrapping <laughs> up to here, up to here. Okay, and then one some drunk uncle came by like way later, and I think he was just drunk enough to see me now, right? <laughs> and he just kind of stumbled over, and he was like, "What's up? What's the matter, baby? You buried? You buried, mama? You buried? You know?" And then he just fucking fell over into a closet, right? And I'm just like, I'm under <laughs> like layers of Christmas wrapper, and I'm just like, they didn't see me. You know? wow. So then I climbed out and then somebody gave me a purse because like I think one little girl didn't want that present. So they were like, you can have that. And I was like, thanks. And Fuck. then, you know, but that was a great purse. I had it for a long time. <laughs> like, I, like I didn't I didn't feel bad about that. It was just so such a weird experience. Yeah. yeah. And now as an even to this day as an adult, I have this quality where um, I'll often be in a room with a person this inches away and they're look at, and then they look around and they go, oh, shit, I didn't see you there. And that's just something I can do. That's fire. Uh, uh, yeah. It is not. People step <laughs> on you a lot. I think it's just got, maybe like I walk quietly or something. Maybe it's, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's not like I don't have a magic power, but it's like I don't know. I do that. That's cool. And <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I've always thought that that her having that power was like one of the coolest little powers, like in in all of the, the this world, like just 
just to be like there one second and be like, eh, I, don't, I don't want anyone to yeah. even think about me. It's better than real invisibility. Yeah. It's better than that. Yeah. Cause you can, and you can be selective with it. It's like my friend here knows yeah. I'm here, but not no one else. And yeah, yeah it's, it's re- that's really an interesting little fucking thing he came up with, uh, especially for the granddaughter of death mm-hmm. like that. And the voice Mm-hmm. Is is so good. Mm. You, well, you are you sure? Because you you're okay. You're soft spoken, right? You're, very, you're you seem like a very gentle. Per- I'm not saying like I'm not trying to say you're a fucking puss. All right, I know that I can see, I also, I can also see the rage in you that all men have. <laughs> I know that it's there in there, but I'm just saying like outwardly, right? Mm-hmm. Very gentle, soft spoken, right? Very chill, and uh, and also you're like you're not twitchy. Yeah, you know your movements are very fluid and just kind of deliberate. And so, I, do people never like forget that you're there or anything like? Because you're you're like you're just kind of very. Yeah, for, I mean, for the most part, I'm a I'm a large man. Most people. So what? It's hard to it's hard to not notice me. But they could but they could just think you're like a stuffed bear or something, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I. But also, it's like, uh, I guess I kind of. I was always like the weird, the odd one out when growing up. So I kind of do make it to where, like, I wear ridiculous pants. You can't see giant harem pants and mm-hmm. wild logo hats and shit. Like, I, I, I've kind of gone the opposite direction of trying to I be uh, not noticed to being like the weirdest one in the room. So in subtle ways, that's actually pretty <laughs> smart. See, and so in subtle ways, you make yourself noticeable. Yeah. Right. Very subtle. Like statements, yeah. Like statement hat, statement T, right? Yeah, giant pants. Giant pants, very <laughs> unique style. Yeah. So the uniqueness of your look draws attention to you. Yes. And also the French mustache. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Curly handlebar, French? handlebar. I don't know. Yeah, handlebar. I just call it a French mustache. <laughs> I think because of like Salvador Dali or something. Yeah. It yeah. Was, uh, I. I want to be able to put little flowers at the end of it one day why not <laughs> i would love that that would actually probably look kind of cute on you it would be fire yeah. right. cool because right. i know what i'm getting you for christmas <laughs> it's like little flowers <laughs> do you want live ones or like not not real um if they would be reusable it would be not real so yeah you should get some real ones though for like special occasions yeah. like if you're going on a date mm-hmm. you want to get some real flowers girls like that Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to get you, here's what I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you a little pot of like flowers like that. Uh-huh. You just, you only cut them and use them for special dates and stuff like that. <laughs> just, just whenever. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah. What's your favorite color? Um, blue. Blue. That's going to be hard. Thanks for making it fucking hard. <laughs> but, uh, okay. I'm going to, I'll see if I can find you a little something. And all you got to do is water it, you know, take yeah. care of it and like, and they'll grow. Right. And then you My just snip them flowers. off. <laughs> your little, those are your mustache flowers. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. I don't even know why I'm excited about that, but I am. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, the plot summary is basically a young harpist, Imp E. Selen. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Celine, I <laughs> think. I'm asking you. It's a fake It's a, it's fake, a fake name. name. <laughs> <laughs> how do we pronounce this thing that somebody randomly came up with? You know what it is? Is that on some level, you are the ambassador to Discworld. Yeah. So, well, that's just kind of how you. it has to be. Thank um, you. Yeah, uh, uh, it's. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's M. E. Celine. M. M. E. Celine, right from um, Lamados, which is in spelled backwards means sod em all, <laughs> like fuck them all, right? And it's a tribute to uh, Lar- Larigub in Welsh. P- 
poet Dylan Thomas's Under Milk Wood. That's a poem. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Man, I didn't know that. That's cool. Can you look that up? <laughs> Dylan Thomas, Under Milk Wood. It's a tribute to that poem. Okay. Ah. What is that? Um, so he comes to Ankh Morpork. Morpork. Mor- oh. <laughs> Ankh Morpork. Hell yeah, more pork. In hopes of becoming famous. Unable to afford the Musicians Guild fees, he and fellow unlicensed musicians, Lias Bluestone, who is a troll percussionist, and Glod Glodson, a dwarf hornblower, form the band with rocks in, named after Lias's tuned rocks. When the imp's, heart is dest- imp's harp is destroyed, he acquires a guitar from a mysterious shop, unaware that it contains the awareness of a primordial music that was responsible for bringing the universe into existence. Imp takes the new name Buddy, as in like Buddy Holly, basically. Imp E. Selen, Buddy Holly, Bud of Holly. And Laia starts calling himself Cliff. Yeah, Cliff. Right? So, yeah, so they start their little band, and then they start out like in the typical... Uh, rock and roll origin story, like playing at these uh, CD bars and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. medieval style, yeah. medieval fantasy style, yeah. which is basically like the axes CD. and arrows, <laughs> <laughs> axes, arrows, <laughs> like ornery dwarves, you know, and like uh, a talking or a uh, fucking orangutan yeah, sitting giant in the front row, <laughs> talking orangutan, just like extremely aggressive, but like creepy, smiles at you, right, and just waits with like a bag of. Bananas. Little whole watermelon, yeah, bananas, yeah, and uh, and so they do that, and then the whole time, um, the music guild is trying to shut them down, yeah, and wizards, um, who are just kind of ha- they just happen to be hanging out that bar, they're they, they they're get- hapless. The the wizards of Unseen University regularly do stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they seem like a bunch of dorks. I like dorks. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, it's they it's a great little addition. Um, and yeah, they the the wizards kind of just. Anytime anything's happening on the Discworld where it's magical involved, Unseen University gets kind of just like starts like shit starts popping there mm-hmm. for some fucking reason, mm-hmm. and then they're like, either, well, because they're sensitive to yeah. uh, magical changes in yeah. the environment, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they they just end up bumbling their way into the situation, and then either fucking it up or somehow accidentally fixing it. Yeah. That's pretty good. That sounds like our government. (laughs) I think that just sounds like government. (laughs) Sometimes you're part of the problem. Sometimes you accidentally fix the problem. (laughs) Either way, we're fucked. So that's great. And we're just holding on by a thread. That's pretty cool. All right. So did you find that poem? Yeah. um, Under Milk Wood. Oh, wait. Let's see. Okay, here we go. All right. So Under Milk Wood. Let's yeah, see. I couldn't find the actual poem. I've been looking. At, you can like buy it and stuff, but I'm buy it. Yeah. I'm not doing that. That guy's been dead for decades, centuries. Yeah, I'm not buying nothing from nobody that's been dead for centuries. I'm sorry. The person that's benefiting from that is just uh, like a lazy sack of shit <laughs> that just belongs to that family that never got a job. So fuck off. All right. So anyway. I don't believe in in inheritance. Uh, I think I found it. 
To begin at the beginning, it is spring, moonless night in the small town, starless and Bible black, the cobble streets silent and the hunched, quarters and rabbits wood, limping, invisible down to the slow back, slow black, crow black, fishing boat bobbing sea, well. The houses are blind as moles, though moles see fine tonight in the stouting velvet dingles, or blind as Captain Cat there in the muffled middle by the pump and the town clock, the shops in mourning, the welfare hall in widow's weeds, and all the people of the loved and dumbfound town are sleeping now. And that's a little excerpt of whatever the fuck that was. (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) Nice one. Thanks. (laughs) Just just in case you wanted to hear that poem. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, well, yeah. No, so it was uh, Sodom-all. Sodom-all. That's probably maybe how it ends or something. Yeah. Yeah, something in here. Yeah, I like any poem that ends with fuck them all. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Um, oh, yeah. A yeah. lot of my favorite movies end that way, right? <laughs> that's good. Devil's Rejects. That's a yeah. good one. You like that movie? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. Meanwhile, so all that's happening, right? They're trying to make it. They're in these seedy uh, dwarf troll human wizard uh, dive bars, you know, and they're just doing whatever. The guild's trying to get them to stop, and they're like running away from them by playing at these shitty places where the guild can't go, right? Whatever. Um, and then at some point, um, meanwhile, Death is upset over the deaths of his adopted daughter, Isabel, and her husband, his former apprentice, Mort. Their daughter is Susan Stohelet, right, who's coming in now in the story. She was initially raised with an awareness of death as her grandfather, but then they later withheld the truth from her. She forgot about it, as girls do. Once you get your period, all bets are off. (laughs) She attends boarding school in Quirm and is content to avoid unpleasant conversations by using her unexplained ability to fade from others' awareness. My God, girl. When death abandoned, girl, she has to lean in. That's what she has to do. Okay, if you want to be noticed as a lady (laughs) boss in the world, you have to lean in, bitch. Lean in. Okay. Uh, So she attends boarding school in Quirm and is content to avoid unpleasant conversations by using her ability. When Death abandons his post, going on an impromptu sabbatical in an effort to forget the painful memories, the fabric of reality forces Susan to take on his duties and she begins to remember her past. She becomes aware of Buddy when he is scheduled to die in a riot while performing at the Mended Drum, but instead the crowd is overcome by the spirit of music with rocks in, which apparently has no musical merit for objective listeners, not themselves possessed by it. That's totally fair. (laughs) After this, Buddy's life is powered by the music instead of by his natural life force. And that's kind of, that's like the premise. That's what, that's like, it kickstarts the whole story. Uh, So, you know, Buddy Holly is technically dead, but music's keeping him alive, right? Uh, Every time he plays music, the music actually plays him, right? It uses up his, his life force and that of his bandmates, right? And just like, it expels his powerful just like musical force hits the audiences and they just like, they get infected with music. Right. And then they start like getting leather studded jackets. It's it's just like, and like they all buy guitars and they want to play. Yeah. Steel toe boots. Fucking painting their walls black. All the, all the wizards. Greasing mohawks. (laughs) Right. And and all that stuff. Right. And then, um, and then the wizards are doing it too. Right. They're just, and they're, everybody's like tapping, you know, and the the girls are throwing their underwear on stage. You know, it's like, it's, it's getting crazy in medieval Europe over here, you know. 
So, um, you know, while that's happening, the Susan chick, I guess she kind of likes him, right? And so she, she also additionally, in addition to the music keeping Buddy alive, also kind of colluded with keeping him alive because he was supposed to die at that uh, first CD bar. Yeah. Right? He's supposed to get hit by an axe from some dwarf. And yeah, she went to stop it, but uh, it it stopped. Uh, the music stopped at first. And the music stopped at first. That was the important thing. She yeah. didn't technically do anything, yeah. but she was gonna. Yeah. Right? And so, and the whole thing is, the story is, you know, throughout the story, Susan Stohelet has to take over for death because her grandfather is, uh, is just a useless sack of shit at this point. He's so sad. <laughs> I mean, he's going to get drunk. Yeah. He's, Every, uh, if, yeah. If your death kind of deserve a sabbatical to go and get drunk. I suppose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, but that's, you know, that's why we grant that to every person in society who works with death, right? Yeah. EMTs, police officers, right? Like firefighters. We, we, we like understand. Yeah. You see, you see a, a guy who's been in an ambulance all day at a bar and he's telling a story about how he dug out somebody's like kidney or whatever. Yeah from a crash it's like yeah. okay um, i'll get you a shot yeah <laughs> uh, next round's on me <laughs> if you ever see me with a hole in my chest please save me thanks <laughs> it's like so you know there's that uh so death is just getting trying to get drunk and forget the the death of his adopted daughter and his um and her husband his former um what's the word uh, uh apprentice apprentice and so um Susan just, like, I guess the, the forces of magic kind of, like, put her in his place. The hole that him leaving created is pulling her in to fill it. Yeah. Uh, through Binky and the Death of yeah. Rats. Well, yeah, and who's Binky? Binky is Death's horse. Yeah. <laughs> Binky is awesome. Death, the, the horse of the monolithic archetype known as death to us because we don't even like this unfathomable eternity of nothingness he has a horse named binky <laughs> it's a horse named binky yes and so binky comes to pick up Susie. <laughs> right she's like death now and so and that's like kind of the ridiculousness of the story it's yeah. just funny that you know Susie and binky now they gotta go you know be death so she's she's going around running around she's also going to buddy's concerts right and and just kind of like keeping an eye on him and trying to figure out like why he's not dead because she notices that something's off with his life force and like she sees the music in there in his hourglass yeah everybody has an hourglass of course and uh, instead, it's just full of music, right? So she's like trying to figure that out. Buddies and his band are trying are getting more and more famous, right? Um, Dibbler, yeah, cut uh, my own throat. The agent, Dibbler. cut my own throat. Right? He comes in, right? There's a there's a shady agent involved, right? Um, who's making money off of them, right? Uh, death is useless, right? And then the death of rats, which it seems like death made as a joke. Or just as an interesting well, it project? It actually comes from uh, one another uh, Terry Pratchett book, uh, oh. The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents. We got to read that one. It's, to it's figure so out. good. Yeah, we got to find out where the death of rats come from. So, <laughs> uh, does, this, does this all sound like gibberish to you? <laughs> Fuck off. Just don't read. I don't, I don't care. Okay. You know? Just then don't read it, right? Okay, so... Um, yeah, so the death of rats is trying to make things right. She's trying to get Susie, go get her granddad, right? Or trying to get Albert, their uh, houseman, their butler, yeah. to go get him or something, right? The whole that's all of this is happening, right? Um, Cut me on throat. Dibbler becomes the band's manager, right? He hires uh, Asphalt the Troll as a roadie. Um, they book them to play to these increasingly large crowds, right? 
but uh, all the while keeping them unaware of the large profits he is earning, which, yeah. okay, tale as old as time, I suppose. Paul Giamatti, all right? Paul Giamatti. So Buddy's becoming less and less like himself. Doesn't seem aware of his surroundings when he's not playing the guitar. The guitar is like taking over, right? Yeah. Susie tries to protect him from the influence of music. The band's also trying to do that, right? The whole time, everybody's like, you're not right. And he's like, we got to play, man. We got to fucking, the people have to listen to this, you know? That's like, okay. And um, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nobody's doing heroin here. Are you sure? And that's what it's, it, it makes such a good, the, the music is like a perfect analogy for a drug addiction. Yeah. So it's it would make such a good biopic. Oh my god. <laughs> um, um, what's it? Yeah. Who there? There's also like bands that's like copycat bands that spring yeah, up. Yeah, that right? spring up. And um, one of them is uh, some of some of them kind of remind me of. And I I'm blanking on this artist's name, but artist is a really loose term. Uh, but this he was like a uber like subcultural uh phenomenon guy where. Um, Gigi Allen. Oh, yeah. Gigi Allen. You yes, know? yes. Some of them are kind of like a Gigi Allen. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, it don't matter if it sounds like shit, eh? You know? Yeah. Fucking piss on my face, you know? <laughs> and then you just throw shit at people, you know? <laughs> uh, just throw your own feces around. So there's like those kind of people coming up. There, yeah. There's a lot that feels like there's a drug culture, but nobody's doing drugs. Yeah. Which is kind of yeah, weird. It's, it, yeah. The music is the drug, I guess. Yeah, exactly. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's convenient because it's like, like then technically like kids could still read this. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess maybe that maybe that was calculated. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Oh, the music makes people act weird. Weird. <laughs> if the music makes people prostitute themselves for more music, how <laughs> odd. I don't. Yeah, somebody's sucking dick in an alley for music. Weird. <laughs> Keep it kid friendly, guys. Uh, okay. So. Music's affecting people, modifying behaviors, right? Everybody, blah, blah, blah. The Wizards of Unseen University are also particularly affected by this, uh, but except for Arch Chancellor Ridcully, right? Yep. Cause, why? Because he's too boring, I guess? Yeah, he, he's generally the most cantankerous person in the whole. Is he the one that reads music instead of listening to No, that's to vet, Veterinary. Veterinary that's the is. Head king guy, right? Of Ankh-Morpork, yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he is one of the more interesting people in all of the books I've ever read. Mm -hmm. um, he, okay. he has a dungeon built for whenever he is being overthrown mm -hmm. for himself. It locks from the inside. Hell yeah. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. You got to respect the leader who, who makes his priorities very fucking clear. <laughs> then you know where you stand. Yep. There's no trickery. So, all right. Very nice. I wish some of our leaders would do that. Just admit it already. You're going to yep. Mars. You're going to Mars. Okay? <laughs> Stop lying. Okay. So, here we go. So, the wizards are affected. Arch-Chancellor Ridcolor uses the newly invented device Hex. Works with Susan. Uh, in an effort to understand the events. Mr. Cleet, the murderous secretary of the Musicians Guild, becomes increasingly unhinged by his inability to stop the band's unauthorized activities because they're protected by the music. All right, so we got that. But he wants to perform a free concert. This is where everything just comes to a head, right? Yeah. Uh, a big concert, yeah, basically. Big concert. Woodstock. Yeah. Dibbler agrees because he realizes he can profit through merchandise and concessions, right? Like uh, all these copycat bands participate. Um, and then it's like the band with rocks in performance. <laughs> okay. Buddy also performs his own folk song on his harp, which is cool. That's kind of like, uh, 
you know, like uh, Guns N' Roses, you know, when they do like piano concertos before yeah. the rock, you know, yeah. and they're just like, November rain. <laughs> you know, right? So he does kind of like that, but with a harp, um, which I actually recently purchased a harp. Are you serious? A little tiny, a lyre harp. That's great. Yeah. Because they're, they're actually like, you know, because they're, they're really simple. Do you know do you know instruments at all? Yeah, I play trombone. Okay, great. So it's like they're, the lyre harps are super easy. They're all chromatic, right? You can't get them wrong. Oh. I, like... I don't, I don't, I have experience with instruments, but I, I have, I'm not proficient in any instrument, you know, right. I can, but, but I know enough to know that like any idiot could play this fucking thing. So I got one cause I'm any idiot. So, you know, I'm like learning and it's super easy. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah, come on. We'll get together. We're going to start our own band with rocks. rocks in. Damn yeah. right. <laughs> we just got to get a guy with rocks now. <laughs> I'm sweet. I guess. So I guess I am doing tiptoes. I'm going to be the dwarf. Glad Glotson. I'm down. <laughs> you already decided. <laughs> Hell yeah. All or right. Some kind of weird horn. Nice. <laughs> so we're going to do, we're going to do a sketch that is so esoteric and niche that like 10 people on the internet will get it. And, uh, that's and everyone just gonna happen. Like, what the yeah. fuck is this? <laughs> everyone else is gonna be like, yeah. and we'll be like, look, just look at the titties on TikTok. All right, <laughs> leave us alone. So, all right. So, Buddy performs his folk song, and because uh, Glad repaired his folk his harp, right? When because it got broken up top in the beginning, so that briefly restores his natural personality and grants him a moment of clarity. So then the band runs away from the fans, right? They're pursued by the Musicians Guild, Dibbler, Susan's chasing him, Death is chasing him because his uh, butler, Ab- Albert, finally got to him, you know, yeah. and, and was like, get, get up, you fucking wanker, sod, you know, sod, and then he goes, oh, shit, and then uh, basically he hops on a, uh, what, a motorcycle. It's a motorcycle. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a motorcycle that should not run, but... Right. It runs. Right. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a magical world. Anything can happen in, yeah. in, in, when, you, when you can write anything that you want happening. So whatever. So the orangutan builds a motorcycle, essentially, a magical one, that death hops on to catch up to everybody else chasing Buddy and the band. Then um, the music creates, like, its intention is to create an immortal legend by crashing the band's coach into a gorge. No survivors, right? Just... Like Buddy Holly, right? Yep. So Susan rescues them, but the music begins to alter the timeline so the band will have died anyway. Which actually, I uh, I didn't catch that when I read it. I mean, I did. I, I understood that something was happening when they were going to die anyway. Yeah. But I didn't understand that the timeline was being re-altered. Mm-hmm. Shit was shifting. By the music, yeah. yeah. So Death Arrives plays an empty chord on the guitar to stop the music, right? Because I guess the whole theme of the book with Death is that He's depressed because all he's good at is death. Yeah. Everything he does yeah, he, just puts he, a he, stop to everything. He can't change, like, he can't give people life. He mm-hmm. can't, ch- technically can't change a timeline. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, all he can do is kill. All and he can, yeah, or stop, right? Stop. And, and uh, I think one of, the, one of the better illustrations of that in this book is there's a part where Susan's going around his house. He's not there. And she goes into his office. And goes to his desk, which he designed stupidly because he did, there's like shelves, but they don't open. Yeah. Right. They're, they're just like for show. <laughs> and she looks at a, a device that's on the desk. Do you remember that? It's a clock. It's, no, it's one of those. Well, in, oh, in this world, it would be the, one of those. Yeah. One of those clackety clackety like mm-hmm. metal ball things. Right. Yeah. Where, where the whole purpose is like you pull the ball 
and it you let it go, it clacks. It starts a thing where it clacks onto another ball. That ball hits another ball, and then they just kind of like swing, Penny, right? Yeah. It starts a mechanism going, right? But death can't do that. No, so his thing just kind of like he pull you pull it, and it goes dunk, <laughs> and it's like that's like. Yeah, that that there's really illustrative of like yeah. his character basically. Yeah, he can't. Yeah, he he has one function and it's very singular. Right, and can't really go outside that. Yeah, can't figure out plumbing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he can't. Yeah, yeah, he can't figure out. Pl- he can't figure out anything that consists of something that you start that kickstarts a mechanism where. Things a process. happen. A process of life, <laughs> right? It's kind of, kind of like analogous, right? Hello. Right? <laughs> That's what Terry Pratchett's doing. He's like, you get it? Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so just in case you're 10 or whatever, you're reading this for the first time. But... Um, that's kind of what happens when he plays the guitar, right? Yeah. The music. Like, he, he strums it, everything fucking stops. Yeah. And it's like, I guess... Uh, a pivotal moment for him because the whole time he's depressed about that aspect of himself. But this, in this case, it actually saves everyone. Yeah. Like it, ca- it, it, it allows for a redo so that uh, they can try to save them again. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, he, he's like, I guess he uh, is redeemed with that. He, he understands now that he has a purpose and, and like even he can be a part of life in a way yeah. or that he is a part of life. Right. So, um, that's super deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> super fucking deep. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> can really use some coquito right now. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So, he plays that empty chord, stops the music, right? And then he says, look, I can stop it. You, you can't start without, you know, I can stop it. But only a musician like Buddy can restart it. So, then the music has to make Buddy live again. So, that in return for him to play the chord that can start. Yeah. the music again and then death destroys the guitar yeah. right so because that's what he's good at yeah. right there you go do what you're good at um so then the new final timeline is created in which um the only person that dies is uh cleat the guy that was trying to murder them in the musicians guild which is just like putting a little bow on that yeah basically right yeah. and um susan remains aware of the original course of events she's the only one she gets returned to school she's been there all along uh, now she's like super confident and disappears with like like with sass, you know. She's like, eh. but then she goes, wait, I don't need to, bitch, you know. Yeah. She's like, bah. and then the next day she runs to reunite with him because she finds out that in this new timeline he actually lives where she lives near nearby in Quorum. Yeah. Instead of fish market or some shit. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And and he's working nearby. So I guess it goes all the way back to when he had that fork in the road in the very beginning where he was like, do I go to the big city or do I go to Quorum first and work up to have enough money to go to the city? Yeah. 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 And that's it. Right? Yep. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've actually discovered the one and only way that two people who read the same book can actually bond over the book you had to literally read through the fucking wikipedia synopsis <laughs> and have a podcast yes yes and it's, it's, it's got to be a process yeah it has to be a whole process <laughs> nothing can be fucking simple all right well you know we've been 
Well, let's uh, let's just uh, wrap up um, since it is the holidays, right? We'll just quickly bring up Hogfather, right? Yep. So you know that was this story. Hogfather is a, a holiday special, and uh, there's a movie for you illiterate bastards out there. So you yes. can just watch that. The best, to my favorite hol- uh, holiday Christmas movie, um, and it's the second story in the Susan uh, Stohelit. Subseries. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes, that, that's one of the reasons why I kind of included it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a goes deep into like a satirization of the original Christmas, like how Christmas was a pagan holiday and all that kind of shit. Same thing with Hog Hog's Watch. Mm-hmm. It's just that it was. It's like all about blood. Yeah. Like without without blood, the sun won't rise tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I like this Christmas guy. He has he gives you sausages, Sire. right? He he has like tusks, <laughs> you know, like a like a javelina, you know. He's like a friggin'. I I like this guy. He has flying um, boar. pig boar, yeah, yeah, flying boar, and um, I just I really like the sausage and the I love that he's covered in blood. Get, he gets meat pies whenever he goes yeah. to people's houses. Yeah, <laughs> I always feel like that that should be the real Santa. <laughs> Yeah, man. We wouldn't have to cook so much. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think it's hilarious because um, most people, like a normal person's uh, Christmas choice, if they're trying to be edgy, is Die Hard or whatever, yeah. right? But um, you can basically always one-up those people. Yeah. And just completely weird them out, which yeah. is amazing. Death death is Santa in mine. Huh? De- de- uh, in the book, death goes around and acts as Santa because Santa's disappearing. Oh. That was another thing I wanted to bring up about the Hogfather, right? Because that's kind of the, a similar story plot to uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So do you think maybe um, that came from? Maybe that? I don't know. That, I mean, I, I would I would be interested to find out how how much Tim Burton got influenced by by, by Terry that. Pratchett. Yeah, yeah, I bet you a lot. That'd be great. That'd yeah. be hilarious. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the first thing I thought of. I was like, wait a minute. Because as a kid, I really loved Night Before Christmas, right? I watched it all the of time. Of course, yeah, yeah same. So um, that's what I thought of it. I was like, this is that story, I right? never put that, those two together. But yeah, that would be fucking interesting because, yeah, that... Yeah. And you know the story more than I do, the, the Discworld one. Mm-hmm. So does it match up? Um, besides the fact of them turning against, like in, in Night Before Christmas, they tried shooting down Jack Skellington while he was Santa mm-hmm. and shit. They didn't really turn against death as santa in in hogfather you know it wasn't like that but i mean yeah well this is like they're different centuries right yeah late medieval period everyone is like a surf you know they're used to just random authority figures coming in and going well we're doing this now you know and they're just like okay please don't kill us you know and they're like okay but but you know in america you know Ain't no way, no how we're gonna put up with no goddamn death doing Santa Claus, Santa Claus, you know? <laughs> Bring out the fucking nukes. So, yeah. I, I don't think it could have gone the same way. Yeah. Eh. All right, well, that's interesting. Um, have you ever put that movie on to a bunch of people who were like, what the fuck? Well, I actually, I was at my friend's house. I was trying to, I was watching it on their big screen TV in their living room, and I'm like trying to get them to come in. They don't, they don't watch anything I, I fucking offer. <laughs> like, all, all the stuff I I try to show them is it's they've maybe watched one show I've I've pitched, yeah. And so I'm watching a show with like a skeleton in a Santa Claus outfit, and they're like, "All right, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not." Dude, it is astonishing to me how much we have in common. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I'm just like, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> you know, like, wow, yeah, similar. 
Yeah, nobody watches what I put on. Nope. Yeah, it's just too much. <laughs> they, it's like the thing is, it's like it's a different frequency. Yeah, and that's and I get it. You know, they're on a different. You know, they're, they're like chive on right, yeah, and yeah. we're just like let's look at what's underneath the porch. You know, <laughs> like look at all the dead things. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of shit. You know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Nah, it's yeah. We 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 have our own little world. Exactly. I don't give a fuck. And <laughs> and so, you know, I hope you have a wonderful holiday. You too. And Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year doing all your weird shit while your family stares at you and they're just like, well, that's Clay. Yeah. You know? And you put on movies about uh, Santa with uh, boar tusks, <laughs> you know, yep. and flying boar and shit. Who cares? Right. Damn right. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Happy Hogs Watch, everybody. Happy Hogs Watch. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, that was the Turtle Reads. Thanks for uh, tuning in and stay tuned for the next episode. All right. Yep. Yep. Later. All right. I'm Melissa. This is Clay. Hi. We're out. Later. All right.